what, yeah. what, what's, your, what's your take on that news last night? The increase by 420%. Okay, listening? so so basically, I mean, it is it is a significant increase. There's no doubt about it. And one, one that we've been flagging for some time now, um, you know, there's been there's been a huge amount of previous historic drilling at Cinevec, as as you know, but because it, it is historic and we don't have the core and what what have you, we've had to do our own drilling, uh, mainly designed to bring the previously largely inferred resource into the indicated category. Now, because we've we don't have the core, but we've got all the data, and there's a huge amount of data. We've always been very confident that we'd get good conversion from the inferred resource to the indicated resource. But it, you know, and it's good now to see that that's actually been demonstrated. So we've had really good conversion. The the resource has bulked out as we thought it would. There'll be one more upgrade at the conclusion of the PFS, which hopefully will add you know, add more, and then it should do along the same lines as this one has. And then what, what that really does for us is the upgrade underpins the preliminary feasibility study. So it provides a lot greater confidence in the ore body, and it should provide increased value as a result. I'm just, I'm just looking at the work you've carried out. You're saying there the completion of 18 additional diamond drilled holes between 2014 and 16. You've You've done yeah. quite a lot of work on on the site of the, up to date, like. Yeah, it's quite a lot of work, uh, but we've had really good, uh, really good result for the amount of work we've done because it's been so well targeted. You know, the holes have all been yeah. very well thought out, well placed by our geological consulting team, um, and so we've we've had for the amount of holes we've done, we've got a huge conversion which is a combination of those two things, how much we already knew about the ore body and how well-placed these holes have been. Yeah, I've, 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 I went across social media last night, just, you know, because obviously you put it out in Australia for the UK time now. It's, it's, it's 8 a.m. in the UK. And you got quite a lot of questions, you know, to do with uh, your RNS, what you released. Right. It's saying there, what are the MP? NPV figures and will there shortly follow an update presentation showing the market's comparative and reduction of capex etc and how are yep, talks okay. progressing so all of those numbers NPV IRR you know all of those yeah. sorts of things projected mining rates and and projected production rates all those things will be contained in the PFS which will be published um, by the end of March. So all of those numbers will be there. Now, obviously, when, when we have positive announcements like this and the previous positive announcements we had with regards to things like the, um, uh, the announcement about the front end, the lithium separation, you know, that announcement we made recently, uh, the fact that that demonstrated higher recoveries in the scoping study, et cetera, et cetera, all those positives should enhance what the MPV and the IRR look like in the PFS. So those numbers, you know, we can't release until the conclusion of the PFS. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're anticipating that they will be good, that they'll be robust, 
we'll obviously be using different metal prices to the ones we used in the scoping study 18 months ago as well. So that should also be a positive. You know, in that scoping study, we used tin at $22,500 a tonne because that was pretty much where it was then and that was the consensus. Um, now, since then, obviously, the tin price has been back below $14,000 a tonne and then it's back up to twenty one. So that number won't change much. But the lithium carbonate number we used uh, in the scoping study was only $6,500 a tonne US because that was the then consensus. It was probably a little conservative at the time, but, you know, that would be a very conservative number to use now. So it's likely that the number we use for lithium carbonate in, in the PFS will be a fair bit higher than that number used in the scoping study. So, you know, there's, there are good reasons to think that we'll get some very good numbers out of that PFS when it comes through. Just another question. I know you know you don't know these questions. It, another one is, I don't know if you can answer this, actually. It says, how are talks progressing with regards to a JV or offtakes? Will you have any further news uh, this year? Yeah, so, so as I've flagged, whenever yeah. I've talked about, you know, having conversations with potential strategic partners is that these conversations would be long, you know, they would be slow. And really, it, the publication of the PFS should provide a catalyst to enhance those conversations. So I would imagine when we publish the PFS, then we can gain a bit more traction with these conversations. You know, none of these serious guys are going to want to put much detail into conversation until they know the parameters of our PFS. It's just too early until that point in time. You know, we haven't even at this point announced which uh, process route we're going to go for the for the, um, uh, the, the the manufacture of the lithium carbonate. You know, that decision is not far away, but, you know, we can't have those meaningful discussions until we've concluded the PFS, stated where we're going with the process and a few other things. But I would hope those conversations would follow quickly on the publication of the PFS. Just ask you the question, obviously, we've followed this story all this year with, with you, Keith. You must be due a re-rate in 2017 going forward, surely? Well, we, we would think so, Alex. We, I don't know if you saw the, um, uh, the presentation that we published last week that I gave at a conference here in Perth uh, last week. I did, yeah. It's actually on the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's a chart in there, which is a chart produced by Edison, um, which is a, completely independent of us. We don't, we don't um, subscribe to Edison or pay them any money for anything. So it's a completely independent piece of work that they came up with. And that chart has us listed as the lowest lithium development company that they cover or that they're aware of, you know, and, it, and, yeah. and you know, we're the, we're the lowest valued by that yardstick. Um, by some distance. And the way they measure it is on the enterprise value per tonne of the resource that you have in the ground. So obviously, in terms of a re-rating, that is one area in which we could be re-rated. And I believe that today's announcement uh, with regards to the upgrade of the resource should be a, a significant part of that re-rating. You know, I, I yeah. can point to other lithium companies that have had positive re-ratings when they moved 
their resource from the, from the inferred to the indicated category. So that's that's one aspect of it. I believe the market is waiting on an announcement from us with regards to the process route. They won't have to wait, uh, wait much longer to get that one. And these, these are all things that I think will add to a re-rating. Plus, it's just an awareness you know, situation where people have to get across it, understand it, do, do the work and the research to work out why we're cheap and what triggers they, there may be to see a, 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 relative, a relative re-rating of the stock. I think you could, uh, personally, I think you could be a, have a very exciting year in 2017. I've, I've watched it over 2016 and the change in the company has been amazing. It has been amazing. It's been a great year for us on from all yardsticks, really. I mean, yeah. obviously reflected most obviously in the share price, which is nice. But if you look behind the share price at the achievements for the year, um, you know, they're significant. And if we can if we can emulate that in 2017, have the same sort of uh, relative increase in, in the value of the project, then that'll be a fantastic year for us. And, you know, there's reason to believe that it can be a very exciting year for us. So the, the questions I've got here, these are from London South East, from their website. It's the next, sure. Another question is, does Keith see any problems with the, obtaining the mining licence from the government? Are the locals on board, RE, reopening the Cinevec mine? Uh, the short answer is yes, they are on board, and no, we don't foresee any problems. You know, I think it's yeah. fair to say that wherever you are mining in the world these days, you have to tick all the boxes. You have to follow the rules and the process. You have to deal with certain levels of community um, debate, you know, high or low, depending on where you are. Um, but if we if we break it down, firstly, we're operating or we're seeking to operate in an existing mining area. You know, this is an historic mine with over 600 years of history. We're not beginning a new mine. We are reopening an existing mine. All the work we're doing with regards to where the infrastructure will go, where the buildings will be from a visual point of view, from a noise and dust point of view, all those things have been given careful consideration and we believe that we're coming up with a very good solution for that. And as I say, we're reopening an existing mine. We're in an area that has a high unemployment rate, so they would welcome the work, welcome the jobs. There has been a permit granted to a mining company um, in this area very recently, um, so there is a precedence. Uh, we have good local support from the municipal uh, government. The, the, the local mayor is on board. I've spoken with him a couple of times about the, the project. And, you know, we're doing it in, in, in the most uh, community-friendly way that, that we can do it. There is a process and we're following that process. So the next stage for us is a preliminary mining permit. We're going through that process now. It will take a little while because we have to tick boxes on certain uh, permits within that permit, things like re-entering the mine, dewatering the mine, environmental permits and those sorts of things. But... You know, there's no reason to believe that that's going to be delayed in any way. You know, we're not looking to dig a, a, a huge open open pit, you know, hole in the side of the of the mountain. There, you know, we're re-entering re un existing underground workings. So, you know, we don't envisage there being a problem. We just have to go through the process. 
It's just, I'm just reading another one of the uh, questions there, Keith, and it's just saying basically the unemployment rate is around 20% in the uh, Czechoslovakia Republic where you are. So yes. obviously the local, the local people, they must really be embracing this, to be honest, for it to go well, forward. Well, you know, the majority are. There will always be, you know, a vocal minority that's against yeah, mining, yeah, of course, yeah. period. And, but, you know, the, the, the other thing to understand is that you know, there's mining and there's mining. There's been a lot made of of permits uh, not being given to certain mines in Europe, and primarily they've been gold mines that have been, you know, looking to use reagents such as cyanide for treating. Yeah. And obviously that part of the world is still very sensitive to what happened, you know, a few, few years back in Romania with a cyanide spill. But you know we're looking we're looking to produce um, metals that are considered to be green and environmentally friendly. Tin, tungsten, um, and and lithium, obviously, all green metals, and a byproduct of potash, you know, which is a fertilizer. So yeah. we're not we're not producing anything nasty, um, and there's no there are no um, nasty byproducts that come out of the processing routes that we're investigating. So, you know, you not only have a high unemployment rate, um, a lot of the people who are unemployed have mining skills, you know, because there are other mines in the area and those people could be put well to use, you know, with us um, in Cinebec when we get back up and running. I've, I've, I've got to mention, uh, I've got to mention him, Dave Lenigas. I was chatting to Dave and uh he was tweeting out about the tin on your acreage. He seemed to be highlighting yes. that a lot for some reason. Uh, he is a character, I must admit, and I do like him a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, you know, Dave was a, a very early identifier of European metals and the and the value there. You know, and I think he and and people that he he um, advises and, and associates with have done very well out of their investment with us, and I think he had a similar history with um, with Bacanora with that project that he identified early as well. I think the reason that Dave and others have been talking about tin of late is that tin has been one of the high, uh, strongest performing metals on the LME for 2016. It, um, it it rose from, you know, sub $14,000 a tonne, as I mentioned earlier, now back up to twenty one or above $1,000 a tonne. So it's, it's performed very well. I saw a bit of research yesterday from uh, one of the London brokers, I think it was SP Angel, saying, you know, there are, there are reports from ITRI, which is the International Tin Authority, saying that they can see the tin price going significantly higher over the next two or three years because of reduced production out of places like China, Indonesia and Myanmar. So, you know, any any increase in the tin price makes a very big difference to Cinebec. You know, it was originally yeah. a tin mine and the the tin that has been produced there is a very clean concentrate. It comes out very easily with, with gravity and magnetic separation, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the project is sensitive to the tin price. It makes a very big difference to us. Plus, tin is a, a, an LME-traded metal. It has a terminal market. The, the pricing is transparent. And those three things are not true of lithium. So it would be fantastic for us to be able to do a deal, an offtake deal on the tin, which would help underpin the economics of the lithium project. 
So, rare earth minerals, REM, they, they, like you said, they must be happy this morning, obviously, uh, with this news moving forward into 2017. There must be, being your partners, well, you know. Yeah, well, I, I, I would think so. You know, they they have been rewarded for their their early faith and yeah. their um, their commitment early on in the piece. And, you know, and they've followed us the whole way. They've, they've taken part in every placement we've done since the first one they got involved in. Uh, they took all of that last payment placement at a premium to the then market, you know. So they've had the courage of their conviction, and they're being rewarded for it. As and that's the way it should be. Now, uh, Keith, thanks very much again for talking to Share Talk this morning. It's it's appreciated truly. No problem at all, Alex. Great to speak to you as always, and um, thanks for your time. Thanks very much, and we'll catch up with Dave at the uh, the Money and Mining Show the back end of November in London for sure. Absolutely, he's there. Go, go and hit him up for a pint. Oh, well, I'll put the bait on him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Bye.